Welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today we're talking about our experiences using online sessions and supervision and with clients. Heather, before starting online sessions related to the coronavirus, what did you think about the use of telehealth? Well, I'd already done it a little bit in my practice. Mm-hmm. I've, over the course of 18 months, had probably five clients that I'd used it with. Mm-hmm. And I liked it, but I didn't like having a brand new client use it. I like to use it with clients that I already had rapport with, clients that I already had, could already read their facial expressions or maybe their micro expressions really well. It seemed best when I connected with those clients. I'm similar to you that I had one client that I'd known for a long time and then I was consistently seeing them through telehealth because they were at a university within Texas. And when they would come home, I'd see them at home. I can remember, it's been a long time now, but I had a distance supervisee. It's been long enough ago that that's what we called it. It wasn't telehealth, (laughs) but we were calling it distance Mm -hmm. supervision. And we mostly used email and phone calls. I remember that I really did not like it. At least with video, you have a chance to see some facial expressions. I I would imagine email and telephone, if you don't know the person all that well, could be really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, You and I have talked about that we both have some experience with in-home sessions. I think that that experience affected or impacted my opinion of telehealth. It was so dramatically different being in someone's home and the experience that you get and just the connectedness and relationship building opportunities that are there, that I felt like telehealth was such a big step away from that, that for me, it would feel disconnected. I agree. I had a client that I'd seen in office for, I don't know, maybe four sessions or so. He was diagnosed with cancer as his treatments needed to continue. We went to a video platform and that Mm -hmm. was great. After he had died, then his wife wanted to continue sessions, but I didn't have rapport with her. Talking over the phone was difficult. She asked me to do a home visit, which I did. And the home visit, change the course of our relationship Mm -hmm. because she then actually got to see me and talk to me and know my mannerisms. Mm -hmm. She wasn't in a state to be able to come into the office. It worked out really well for us. Mm -hmm. I think before having done a lot of telesessions, telehealth sessions in the last couple of months, I also would have said that this just does not work for some people. I agree with that. In fact, I still agree with that. I think previous to the last couple of months, I would have said this could not work for play therapy or young kids or maybe even some specific diagnoses like someone that you would want to visually observe right not work see where they're sometimes you can read anxiety from how someone's sitting across from you and you lose a little bit of that when you're only seeing someone from the shoulders up well Heather then what do you think now that after a couple of months so many of us as mental health professionals have completed a ton of telehealth sessions what do you think now about telehealth I'm probably more comfortable with it I still have the same viewpoint it works for 
for some. It doesn't work mm -hmm. for others. I have now had clients say, this saves me so much time. Can we continue this? Some clients really took to it and really like it. I've had two brand new families I'm working with that I've actually never met in person. Oh, interesting. So that's been different because I only know them that way. Mm -hmm. And it has been a different experience. I don't mm -hmm. know that it's been better or worse. So maybe even to relate that again to our in-home session experience to then meeting someone only in the office that you, we probably both at the time went like, oh, this is different. This right. is just weird or mm -hmm. this isn't what I'm used to. So the same could be said of in-office sessions compared to telehealth sessions. Right. My thought is now that I've done uh, what feels like a really a lot of telehealth sessions is that it is its own skill. I agree. It's completely separate from anything we've had to embrace or learn. I feel like I've been immersed in it, but that if I wanted to continue and be really good and effective at it, that I'd want to continue to seek out continuing education or extra experience that I think would make me even more effective. Stronger. Tweak mm -hmm. some of your things you use in session all the time to what works over telehealth. To that point, the other thing I was thinking is that prior to having done all these sessions, I would have thought this is the easy way. Okay. Like you can show up with, you know, pajama bottoms on and a button up on top and right. like fix the front of your hair and not the back of your hair, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and that it, you could just do it wherever in your living room, in the kitchen, wherever. I now think that this really takes a lot of effort and a lot of planning ahead. It seems to take more out of me over the longevity of doing it. Yes. When that's all you're doing is telehealth. It definitely takes a bigger toll, even if I had seen that many clients in my office during Yes. That. Probably the second full week of me seeing all of my clients th virtually, I had the worst neck, shoulder, head pain, eye pain, headache. And I thought, I mean, I was thinking I usually have pretty bad allergies. This must be the worst allergies right? I have ever experienced. <laughs> I was totally doctored up on mm -hmm. all kinds of Zyrtec right? and um, decongestants thinking that that would help me. And I actually realized that a lot of that pain was muscle tension because one, I was trying to be even more expressive so that clients who were seeing me virtually could actually pick up on my mm -hmm. face facial expressions and that I realized I was leaning forward and sticking my head out because I was trying to focus on my clients so much and pick up on their visual cues, be loud enough and deal with all of the technology stuff that I was so, so tired at the end of that week. It really takes a toll. I had some friends that wanted to get together for like a Zoom call and I was, no, can we meet in person at the park and just stay away from each other? <laughs> I don't want to Zoom with anybody. Right. You were Zoomed out. <laughs> right. I've also, I'm still waiting on them actually. I'm excited to get prescription glasses with the blue, oh, yes, the blue, blue white yes. light blocking. Uh -huh. I don't know if they'll make any difference at all, but right. I'm excited to give them a shot. Right. My takeaway from all of this is that it is a totally different skill and that it really does take a lot of effort, planning, training, education to either adapt what you've already been doing in the office to something that can be done virtually to apply the things that you know work in counseling to something that can be done virtually. I think is this huge task. I have a friend of mine that's a physician and we were talking just, she's doing telehealth as well. And she was asking how it goes and how long my sessions were. And I said, 50 minutes. And she said, how are you doing that? I see my clients for 10 or 15 and that's it. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Our session length stayed the same. Our expectations of us and our clients stayed the same. Oh, that's a good point. Well, I don't know. I feel like my expectations of clients has changed, but you're right. My expectation of myself and the, the session length and what that looks like has really stayed the same. So that's a good point. I'm going to think about that. Um, the way that my expectation of my clients has changed is that I have rolled
rolled around on bedroom floors. <laughs> right. I have seen every type of exotic pet there uh-huh. is to see. I've been on the trampoline. I've been in every ho- room in the house. I think I rode on a kid's bicycle with them around the driveway in uh-huh. circles. And I think too that then that speaks to the flexibility of the idea of like confidentiality. Right. That I the kid who's on her bicycle doing circles in the driveway, and I said, "Who's? Where are we?" And right. I'm I'm getting kind of dizzy and I can't tell if anybody else is around mm-hmm. setting limits on those things and adjusting to, I can't imagine that a kid is going to sit still or be as contained as they would in my office absolutely I think that's very true and I think it's even true of older clients yes um, I've noticed a few of my clients during sessions they need something else to fiddle with mm-hmm. uh, in my office there is a basket that they can grab I don't think very many of them ever use it but I've noticed doing telehealth their mm-hmm. hands are moving down below or every once in a while they're like I have whatever and they, these are grown-ups these aren't kids right that are like oh I have my kids silly putty I've been playing with it all day mm. and it's helping them keep focus maybe being focused for their job and then coming to a therapy session is a lot to maintain well and I, I think too maybe that's part of that adjusting our expectations for clients that we've adjusted what we believe their capacity is right everybody's under stress everybody's routine is different and they've had to adjust to that that we're making room for that adjustment in sessions too I agree something else that I have thought about, what do I think about this now? How do I think about telehealth now? Is that I did believe that it was limiting, that there were some people this wouldn't work well for, and that there would be a greater disconnect. And I now think that for some people, it's a greater connection. I have seen everybody's pets. Right. That's true. Um, I have been doing an activity in session where if we're in a kid's bedroom, and all age kids, this works well with, I ask them to do a scavenger hunt in their bedroom. And I will direct them to find something specific and they can go around the room and find it and then come back to the camera Mm -hmm. and show it to me and tell me about it. So I've been asking questions like, find me something that you're proud of that you worked on. Yeah. Or show me something that when you feel yucky and tired or a little bit sick that you just really want and it helps you feel better. Mm -hmm. I do feel like I get this whole other connection that I couldn't have had or, or a different, I see a different perspective of them that I would not have gained as easily by seeing them in an office. Right. I think I've always had a few clients here and there that have been like, oh, if I could be a fly on the kitchen wall when that argument happened, I Mm -hmm. wonder what really happened. You know, Mm -hmm. you're getting bits and pieces of the story, Mm -hmm. but it's true. You do get to see a little bit different perspective when you're inside someone's home, even virtually. Heather, what do you think this has done for your supervision? I think it's been okay overall. I don't have any brand new supervisees right now. So I think it's okay. We had rapport beforehand, but I do think there's this common shared experience of not another virtual meeting. But they're like, worn out of right, it. Right. They're mm-hmm. worn out of it. We're doing it, but we're both maybe not making as much eye contact as we would face-to-face. Maybe just not as enjoying it as much mm-hmm. as we do when we connect in mm-hmm. person. My current supervisees are each so different in personality and in what they're working on and what they look for out of supervision. It's That's hard to compare. I think for me, I feel like it's been difficult. I feel like the same things I would say about a session with a client, I would say is true about mm-hmm. supervision that I would have started out and said, this is just something you do in a pinch. This is what you do when you don't have an, another choice. Right. I think my, if I were asking my supervisees, I think it's a mixed opinion. I think some of them might say they are happy doing telehealth with me. It works well for them. They feel like they're getting what they want out of it and they would continue given the choice. I think I have some others that would say they're not really hating telehealth, right. but they'd prefer to be in the office. Um, so I'm, kind of a mix. I think 
that I am still not completely comfortable with it. I, I think the same thing. I'm not quite comfortable with it, even though I've done kajillion sessions. And when it comes to the supervision part of it, I feel like I get it. It's not great, but we've got to get supervision in. They are definitely ready to get back face to face. Some things that have come up for me in supervision using telehealth are that my supervisees have the same challenges that my clients have. We were talking about adjusting our expectations of clients. Maybe that's something I have to think about too. I don't think I've adjusted my expectations for supervisees, but I have adjusted them for clients. So my supervisees are gradually just a little bit every week coming to sessions later and later. I would agree with that. Just a minute or two. um, And that they are more easily distracted by things around their house. I think I would expect that a supervisee would work to ensure that that didn't happen, but would adapt my expectations to a client. If their dog barks or if a kid runs in and says, mommy, can I have a snack? That seems reasonable, but I still hold a different expectation for my supervisees. Right. And it's a professional standard, I would think. We Mm -hmm. are helping them, guiding them, training them along the way for how they should be acting in their sessions. And so they should be acting that way with us so that we know how they're conducting themselves. There is a level of professionalism that needs Mm -hmm. to happen. I think another complication of this, for me at least, has been that now I'm supervising them using a platform that I'm not completely comfortable with and supervising their use of a platform that neither one of us are completely comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that has been, I feel like in the last couple of months, a major topic of discussion in almost every single supervision session, how to manage the technical pieces of telehealth, how to add consents that are necessary, how to assess for appropriateness or not, or how to handle different situations that just would not have come up in an office. There's been a couple of times I actually have had to walk some supervisees through, yes, you still need paperwork for Mm. a a newer client that hadn't turned in a document or something. Mm -hmm. And yes, we have to go through these steps to do it in compliance with what we know we need to keep privacy and all these things. And it's a learning curve. I mean, it was a learning curve for me. We've all gotten used to and comfortable with the way we were doing it. And this is asking us to reassess and examine all of the steps that we take with a client from beginning to end. Right. From doing an assessment or an intake, getting consent signed. Even though we know those things, to change this one piece means we have to change and rethink and make sure that that we're following up and getting all those steps accomplished. Right. Well, Heather, having done this now for several months with a lot of intensity, um, what does this change for you? Do you plan to change anything moving forward? I have clients that have asked to continue that way. So I'm going to make that happen, but I will not do it from my home. I'll definitely Mm -hmm. do it from my office. That feels better to me to kind of have it within my work day. I think me personally struggling a little bit of that. I have three kiddos at home. So there's a lot going on in our house all the time, even if they're not doing school. And they're really great and respectful of my space and where I'm doing my sessions. But I know I function better. I am better when I'm in my office, regardless of whether it's face-to-face or virtually. Um, Something that I, uh, I mentioned already is that if I plan to continue to do this, I'm going to seek out some specific training. You hadn't had the um, 15 continuing education credits that they'd put out before. Um, I have now, I, and I, I, I've i done two. I did the 15-hour, mm-hmm. long 15-hour one that meets the requirement for LMFT, and uh, I did a shorter one. That did not get me where I wanted to be. I think that that was a quick overview and met the basic requirements, but I don't feel like that that helped me to be most effective. It wasn't specific to the types of clients that I see, so I think that I would want to continue to get support and education specific to the types of clients I see, specific to the types of clients my supervisees see. I also think, I don't think that I have ironed out all the wrinkles of all the processes Mm -hmm. and that that could continue to be fine-tuned and and looked at and worked on for a long time.
them probably. Right. We talked about before um, clients are supposed to show us their ID to confirm who they are. And I just was really great about that. And it was cognitive in my brain, like the week that we talked about it. And I've noticed this week that it just kind of fell off. Okay, well, I know this person because they're sitting in the same spot they were last time. I mean, Mm -hmm, you know, you start mm -hmm. to get like complacent about it. I also think, and I've said this to my supervisees, that this is an ongoing thought process for me and I want them to engage in it with me also. Who continues in, in telehealth and who doesn't and when does that change happen? Someone in the past week said, oh, well, when people come back to your office, then everyone will come back to your office. And I thought, oh, no, <laughs> not mine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to be making that decision uh, for each person individually. And so I think that that means I continually am asking myself and my supervisees to think through and assess what the client's needs are and how they can best be met. Absolutely. And I think the clients that have asked me specifically, can we continue Zoom? I probably will accommodate while while things get back on track um, until maybe I notice a lacking or something that's not connecting all the way. And then maybe mm-hmm. I'll redirect it to be back in the office. I've also had clients begging for about three weeks now. When is your office going to be open again? <laughs> when can we come back in face to face? So I'll probably just like you weigh it individually, re-engage slowly. Well, Heather, I think that's an important discussion. I'd love to continue it. Maybe that can be our next uh, episode. Who knows? Thank you today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. Our discussion today was based on Washington Post's recent article, The Surprising Intimacy of Online Therapy Sessions During the Pandemic. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes. We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision.